Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and this podcast brings you the audio experience of GameDev.TV. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Welcome to the show, Brian. Can you give us a little introduction about yourself to let the GameDev.TV students know a little bit about who you are, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm Brian Venzen. Um, been in the game industry for about, uh, it's, it's getting close to, to 10 years now. Uh, I'm a VFX artist. Uh, I've worked for, you know, a couple of studios people may know. Um, Nintendo, Telltale, uh, Volition, the guys who made Saints Row, um, and Bioware. Um, and yeah, I just, I just love game development and happy to talk to you guys today. Wow, so you've done it all. You've worked yeah. for all of those big studios. Yeah, yeah, I've been all over the place, man. That's hilarious. And awesome, dude. So now, what was your earliest memory of like either gaming or just being creative? Yeah, um, I think probably my earliest gaming memory is uh, playing uh, Duck Hunt and Super Mario on uh, the NES uh, with my cousins. But I kind of think like... <clears throat> Really, that that's just a memory of me playing video games, but but I didn't I don't know that I was truly a gamer at that point. I really felt like gaming kind of clicked for me when I played uh, Donkey Kong Country for the SNES, um, and that's the first game I ever really wanted to beat, um, and I actually did beat it. Why is it the one you wanted to beat? It was just it was intriguing. It was too difficult that you were like I have to beat this. You know, that's a good question. I think. Um, it's the one that grabbed me for the first time. And actually, um, which kind of speaks to the kind of person I am, the, the challenge there was my, my cartridge, um, the functions on my cartridge broke to save the game. So I couldn't save. So every time I started playing Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. I would turn my, my system off and have to restart the entire game. What? And so I, uh, I was so determined. I sat down one day and was like, I'm going to beat the whole thing in one sitting. And, uh, yeah, I did it in one sitting. My, my Super Nintendo was on fire, but I did it. <laughs> That's insane. You really yeah. did the whole permadeath. You were just like, one life, let's go, one chance. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did you imagine if there was like a uh, thunderstorm or lightning storm that just took down your... Dude, that would have been would've... terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what was your experience like growing up? Were you always into art, being creative, or were you just doing the normal things? You know, um... I've been drawn since, you know, since I could pick up a pencil, you know, the teachers wanted me to, to, to do writing and I wanted to draw. And, uh, you know, my mom really kind of fostered that in me. You know, she she uh, would sit me down with pencil and paper and just, you know, let me go. And I just mm-hmm. drew and drew and drew. So, yeah, I, I really got started early creatively. And uh, and I was always a nerd, too. So um my and my mom would would watch cartoons with me on the weekends and that was kind of like the inspiration for the art you know we watched what did you Spider-Man. watch spider-man oh. yeah we were i was like a fox fox kids uh cartoon show that was guy. the animated spider-man series with like madam web and the like the really awesome like daredevil episodes and that yeah, oh, yeah. that love that show it's, yep. all the animated series are really good the batman animated series phenomenal spider-man yep. phenomenal they need yeah. to do that again what's going on <laughs> You know, really? animation's kind of changed, man. You know, it's it's like uh, kids kids have seen Fortnite and, and some of these other games, and they're fully 3D and, and rendered, you know, in high lighting quality. And I think that's just kind of where art's moved. But there's something to be said for some of those old TV shows. You know, even like my girlfriend, I showed her the other day, Batman, the animated series for the first time. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this is awesome. And she doesn't even really like that kind of stuff. But she was like, this is so cool. So there's something to them. Yeah, there's just, it's, I don't know what it is, nostalgia for some of us, but your girlfriend liked this, so it has to be more than that. Yeah. I guess art design, I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe we can dive into that one day, have like a little group discussion with all the developers. You know, um, uh, maybe to help with that in the future, I heard that that, that um, TV series, Batman the Animated Series, was made mm-hmm. in this really interesting artistic way where like, they used black paper instead of white paper and then mm. drew in everything else that wasn't black, which is That's just smart. so counterintuitive. Yeah, but it but it seems like it would cover a lot of... Because that, that show is dark and gritty. So I, mm-hmm. I think it was just like an interesting artistic choice. And maybe that's why that show holds up still. Yeah, because it is something that you wouldn't normally do. And the red like sky. 
Mm-hmm. That's a little. It's different too. You're like, what's happening? And it's Batman. It get yeah. Batman so right. Oh, I'm vengeance. I'm the night. Oh yeah, Batman. <laughs> yeah. So while so you were just doing art whenever, like you were taking. Were you taking any classes or courses? Or are you just drawing? No, I, I I think I just took to it very strangely. You know, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I I think I just I you know I I watched a lot of like uh, cartoon shows. Bugs Bunny was like my favorite thing to draw when I was a kid, and then uh, truly like I kind of somebody you know like people around me probably teachers and and my mom to to some effect uh helped funnel that towards you know more more yeah. like uh fine art I, I remember having a couple of pieces that i drew when i was a kid be entered into um you know like museum pieces and stuff um and that and, and i don't know that it registered to me that you know that i was an artist when i was a kid i just wanted to make creative things so, mm-hmm. so. and then when did you decide i want to be a vfx artist you know, th- there's a there's a long portion between uh, kid Brian who's watching cartoons and drawing all the time, and yeah. uh, VFX artist Brian. Um, you know, somewhere in the middle of there, I got involved in sports and and kind of fell away from art for a long time, uh, particularly mm-hmm. during high school. I I don't think I I drew very much at all, um, and then I picked art back up uh, in college, and okay. um, you know, and I remembered kind of how how much I loved being creative and. Um, yeah, and I just, it, I just sort of leaned towards that as a career choice and I took some digital media courses and just really fell in love with, uh, computer animation. I took a, a really difficult course to get into, uh, at the university of central Florida. It's called, uh, the visual language track and, uh, and they taught you computer animation and I, I had it in my mind that I was going to want to, um, work for Pixar and try to do, sh- you know, film, film stuff. Um, yeah fell in love with animation and and uh i had a professor you know um shout out to cheryl cabrera my professor um who teaches at the university of central florida visual language track mm-hmm. she was like you should you should go to the master's program um that's for game development and uh i was like yeah you know that's like a that sounds like a really cool idea i love video games i love i have i continued to play them throughout my whole life i just didn't think that i was going to do that as a career and uh, the master's program really sort of helped me realize that. So, and where are you located now? Are you in Florida still? Or no, 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 no. no. Florida, born and raised, but I'm I'm in Texas now. Okay, that's funny because I grew up in Florida, and actually I'm here for the week, but mm-hmm. I usually live in uh, LA because I just moved there at the beginning of this year. But the whole it's been crazy with the whole coronavirus. So let's get into you going to school for art in college did you mm-hmm. plan to be a vfx artist while going in there or you were just like i'm gonna do all art and see which one hits me the most uh no so i i was i was kind of leaning on my animation skills and okay. um yeah so when i joined the 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 game development program i was nice. essentially uh animating and rigging characters and um i didn't start doing vfx till i was in the industry actually um so, so everything I know about visual effects is is, is self taught. I, I did the the uh, the master's program, got out of uh, of school, and got a job at a like a small kind of indie startup kind of place making mobile games. And yeah. I was a generalist. I was I was doing animation and rigging, and you know a little bit of UI and uh, a little bit of effects as well. Um, but even still, then I, I was sort of just invested in doing lots of different parts of game development. And, um, and yeah, and then, and then it only, it only clicked that VFX might be sort of a career path for me when, uh, I got my first kind of real, you know, industry job, uh, at a place called S2 in, in, uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which mm-hmm. I know sounds like, like a made up fanciful place, but Kalamazoo, it does, Kalamazoo but it's there. I, I can see it on your LinkedIn. Yeah. It's yep. an interesting name. Yeah, I know. I thought so too. Actually, when I, when I took that job, it's funny when I took that job, um, I had a, a call with the 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 HR department of of S2 Games, and um, the woman that spoke to me said, you know, we love your your work, and and we know you're really you know sort of green team, but we think you have a lot of potential. We'd love to have you come come out and and see the studio. And I had looked them up on online before that conversation, and and they had a, a studio out in California, and I was like, well, that's awesome because game development happens in California. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke to her, she said, oh no, that's just like 
you know, like we just have some distribution stuff going on over there and a couple of artists, but our real studio is in, is in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I was like, oh, <laughs> she was like, does that change your mind? And I was like, nah, no, nah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, to start this game development career. So um, I took the job anyway. That's pretty cool. Because it's, it's like in the middle of where you wouldn't expect to be. It's like, I'm going to start my career in Kalamazoo, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. in the cold and, you know, I had never experienced, you know, I spent 20 years in Florida, uh, you know, going to school and, and growing up. And uh, that was my first move out of state ever. Um, and it was it was like the beginning of something great in, in my game development career. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you think if you didn't take that, you would have had a harder time finding another one or it was just the... It was just an anomaly. I actually really like to to tell this story, and uh, you know, I've I've done game development talks like at schools and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. to um, developers who are you know just trying to get into to the industry. I I had um, I had put it in my mind that I wanted to leave Florida and, and and continue to do game development, but you know, the indie startup I was working for wasn't paying very well and the game yeah. wasn't you know humongous and i really i you know i had gotten into this because i wanted to work for you know naughty dog and i wanted to like you know yeah. do the thing and so i was like i gotta get out of florida and uh so i got a fire under me and i sent out like 300 applications in three weeks and i got one callback one dang <laughs> and Is it, it was 300 yeah 300 in three weeks and i remember that because it was you know, like I was, it was so rapid and I was counting and trying to track it all. And I had spreadsheets and I was like, you know, one of these people is going to call me back one of them. And it was the one in, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo. Yeah. And well, I was like, incredible. Yeah. I got to take so you, it. You have to. Yeah. Cause those opportunities, they'll, they're rare, but they'll come. You yeah. have to be ready for it. So for you to be ready for that, how many, like how long did you study for? Or was this like over time you would study over many years or was it like you took you put so much sacrifice into your work? Yeah, I mean, at the, at that moment, I had you know I had done four years of undergrad mm -hmm. uh, in this really rigorous you know visual language track that very few people could get into to learn computer animation. And then you know I did I did the a two year program essentially um, in in University of of uh, or Florida Interactive Entertainment Academy FIA. Uh, at the University of Central Florida, and you know, and and night and day was learning game development, and I really thought the minute that I, that program ended, I was going to have a job, and I was going to be, you know, like Naughty Dog, here I come, and you know, and I I start working at this smaller place, and it's not exactly what I thought game development was going to be, but you know, I was like, I got to make the sacrifice here, I got to leave home, I got to find a place that's going to employ me, so I can get this experience and 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 start making games. And the next job will come after I after I do this one. So, the sacrifice there was leaving behind everything I knew. Um, yeah, that's and, not easy. And, yeah, and just pursuing this career um, with everything I had. Mm -hmm. No, I applaud you. That's awesome. And for all the games of that TV students listening, it's it's very important to take those sacrifices to really look at what you want to do and say like, how am I going to get there? What am I willing to give up? Like you gave up security your family and friends back here. You gave up maybe hours to hang out with people to spend a day in and day out like learning animation, doing all that stuff. And it, it takes a lot of work. A lot of the people that we interview, they spend a lot of times waking up early and getting their stuff that they need done, going to sleep late to do their work. It's it's not something you just do like an hour a day and it, it be, yeah. you just, you'll make it. It's a, it's a competitive industry. So uh, I yeah. like to make the will visualize and explain the bridge between starting out and becoming like making it for instance like it's not going to take two years most of people it's like over five plus years of just either studying interview like doing a uh, job applications all this stuff and it's just it's just like more of the message i'm trying to give across is patience it's like you'll, mm -hmm. you'll get there eventually just don't give up but it takes time yeah yeah and and actually i think uh part of me being in the industry for as long as i have has been trying to get the message out that it's possible and also mm -hmm. that you know if you're in the industry you should be reaching your hand out to people who want to be in the industry to try to help them get into because mm -hmm. you know all of us who have been doing this for a long a long time remember what it was like trying to get in in the first place and i think if you if you really think hard about 
who you used to be and how how bad you wanted it, you should be trying to do that for other people too. A hundred percent, I agree. And also, it helps because with networking, you meet all different types of people: programmers, artists, writers. You never know when they'll get a job, and if you help them out, they're like, "Well, I want to help you get this job." Or you yep. just you just never know how long like a friendship can go, or just like a little connection can bring bring you in the industry. Yeah, relationships are a big deal in game development. They really are. Now, for you, what was one of the hardest things about being a VFX artist? Um, visual effects is like the culmination of, of lots of different disciplines in game development. So, um, and, and it's, and it differs at every studio that you work at, uh, the, the pipeline is different. The tool set is different. Uh, the team dynamics are different. Um, and so th the difficulty of the job really is figuring out where you fit in best, figuring out your tool set and how you can make it work for you, um, and streamline it. Um, mm -hmm. and then. And then staying current on on tools and industry um, workflows that that really can help you be better at your job. I spent a lot of time, um, you know, in Unreal Engine, just at home, just trying to uh, um, better myself and and understand my craft better. You know, I've worked in plenty of tool sets at at different studios where. Um, where it's all, you know, where everything's different every time I, I've joined a team. Uh, something's different and um you know the performance constraints are different the you know the the platform we're working on is different so you have to be malleable and flexible and able to learn um on the fly you know you you, you can't come in with it with a big head thinking you're going to know everything because you certainly won't mm -hmm. no of course not especially with all the stuff you could do in unreal <laughs> yeah can you imagine i, I was just going to say i think the, the the other thing too is is vfx as a as a uh, a discipline has like a wide like um, range of skills, right? Mm -hmm. So, and 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 each one of those sort of pieces of of VFX art can be really deep too. So, like, say you're the kind of person who really likes Houdini and you like to do simulation. Mm -hmm. There, there are people in the industry who that's their whole job. All they do is is simulation and procedural generation. And you might be a VFX artist who maybe touches that a little bit, but then there are people out there who do that for hours and hours a day. And mm -hmm. so it, it, your knowledge base in, in all the kind of different parts and pieces of what makes VFX art possible might be really shallow. And you might spend a lot of time sort of trying to develop the deepness in each of those things across a, a wide spectrum of skills. Mm -hmm. Now I'm interested, when you say like workflow strategies, like is there different type of workflows someone should practice? Or is it just getting used to the tool that they're using? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. No, oh, I was waiting. Can you hear yeah. me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. Yeah, so for when you were mentioning like workflow strategy, what mm -hmm. exactly does that look like? Is that like different strategies or is just getting used to the tool that you're using? It's it's really kind of uh, more about the tool you're using. And, mm -hmm. and I think some of what you're working on is sort of uh, platform uh, constrained, right? So if you're working on mobile, something you might have done on a PC title probably won't work in that instance, right? You're 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 constrained by what a mobile device can do these days, which is which is changing, right? As technology gets better, we're sort of converging on on what all of these different platforms might be able to do. But yeah, I mean your your performance constraints on one device versus the other might be different. And so you might you might tackle tasks differently in an effort to sort of make sure that um, what you're doing works in a game development environment. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like with Fortnite being on the mobile app and you can kind of play with like friends on the map with the computer and it's just like it's crazy yeah. how you, you wouldn't think that but a phone's starting to be able to do things that like maybe consoles can do and it's yeah who but, knows what's but, next but you know what you'll you'll notice about you know mobile mobile games versus like what they look like on console there's uh different like reflections there's different mm -hmm. um lighting there's different um resolution for textures there's different resolution for models so yeah, it's not um, as good yet. Yeah, yeah, you'll you you know like Fortnite, which will look crisp and round like a Pixar movie, uh, like on a like on a PC with a great graphics card, might look more like you know Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time on mobile, right? Because it's just yeah, you know, we're, you just have to lose quality in an effort to make it run. <laughs> Going back to Nintendo sixty four days, yeah. they, should, they should do that though. They should leave some of those games on the phone. They could probably do it. Yeah, at this point, you could, I think. Yeah. 
or even Pokemon. I don't know why they haven't done that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's uh, that that company Niantic came out with Pokemon Go, and I think it kind of crushed our thoughts about potentially a, like a full scale Pokemon game on phone. Yeah. Yeah. Because now it's more about like you. Ca- it's not the same as like the game. It's more of a you catch Pokemon wherever, and it's cool, but. Yeah, I I don't I'm not I'm not such a fan of AR that I would give give up original Pokemon um yeah, no. to play that game. But you know like the, the Nintendo Switch is kind of it's kind of be like it's kind of like having a phone, you know what I mean? Mm. Like you, That's you know true, you yeah. So it's it's clo- it's close. We're getting we're getting there, I think. <laughs> do you like the Minecraft Earth, the AR version? I I do, man. I you know, I watched a um I think it was like maybe a couple of years ago there's a GD GDC presentation that was like Minecraft and AR and I was blown away. It was like a tabletop and you could see the entire Minecraft map and like, you know, ro- rotate things around and build in, yeah, in like a insane. city. I was like, man, that is cool. cool. Yeah, because yeah. you could just literally make anything you want within the world around you and you can see it if you have like the phone and everybody else can see your creations. And I was like, that's you literally turned the earth into the Minecraft world. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. But is it released yet or is it still like in beta? I think they're still working on it, but you know, it, it reminds me of um, when I was a kid. I, I was, uh, you know, like I, I get to to like summer, um, you know, like you're in school and then summer hits and then you're like bored as hell in the house. Yeah. Um, like first two weeks you're like yes, and then after that you're like I don't, I don't know. What to yeah, do. I have nothing to do now. And my <laughs> mom, my mom knew I was like, you know, like a problem solving, creative kind of kid. My mom is, sh- again, shout out to my mom, Brenda Venzen. You're hey. an amazing woman. I love you. Um, she she bought me 3D like fully 3D um, puzzles like that a thousand piece what? like build the Taj Mahal in full 3D and I I would build them in like a day I was so enamored by like you know this this problem solving of finding the right piece and where do those go and how does this this you know be created in 3D and I never really considered until literally right now how that probably got me to start working in game development some way right mm-hmm. yeah see it's those like weird small things that are like those moments where you're like that's when i knew or that's when i started to my career it could be like in a book you'd be like i started back when my mom got me the uh 3d puzzles yeah 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 i i i think in her own way she was like i i know that this kid is artistic and creative and i just want to foster that with him and mm-hmm. so she did she did what she Sing, single mom by the way so mom only Raised raised two kids, and yeah, she, she was did a great job. Yeah, well, thank you, man. Yeah, she she oh. is she's amazing. So, and what's also pretty cool about the whole three D puzzle is it's not exactly like what you do now, but mm. it's the idea of it, the practice of it, fostering that that led you to where you are now. It's some people think you always have to like, for instance, work in Blender or work in Unreal, but sometimes maybe it's about like taking from other things. Yeah, how they did it and then incorporate it into what you're doing, or maybe something totally different, like chess, for instance. You became so good at chess, not like you, but for hypothetically, and then you were like, "Well, I've mastered that. Now I know how to master this craft that I'm doing." Some stuff like that, where it's just like, don't always think that what you're doing isn't productive. It could be leading to something even better. Yeah, you know, you know what's funny about that is I often find myself working like in a, a separate tool set than the engine. Like like the other day, I was I was interested in. Um, creating like procedural environments and i saw that blender had this um you know this way of doing it but i couldn't translate that like it it only showed up in in like the render and it it wasn't like full 3d geometry and i was like how do i get this to be in the game engine uh, like in unreal and you know through some tech art hackery (laughs) of just trying to like understand like if i was in unreal this is what i would do to get you know, some deformation, I translated what I was working on in Blender to Unreal, and, and the skill sets sort of crossed over in, in, in places where it was helpful to for me to get to that end result. Uh, just by knowing one thing and learning one thing, I could learn and know another thing pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So now, after finishing college, what was the experience like leaving? Was it... Was, so, like, did you... How did you get that first job, the one in Orlando? Yeah, I. So, uh, w- what was funny was, you know, I I had fashioned myself to be this generalist, right? Like I I wanted to mm-hmm. animate and 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 rig characters, but I I kind of 
did a couple of different things. And uh, a lot of programmers I knew were getting snatched up for jobs really quickly. And, and that's just the case in all game development. Programmers are, are you know, hard to come by. And so um, they got jobs first out of our program. And I was kind of concerned. I was like, well, may maybe when I end this, I'm not going to have any prospects and I'm going to have to go figure yeah. it out. And um, and yeah, and, and the company that I ended up doing the internship for, uh, it's called Fiken Media, was uh, kind of around the corner from uh, the school. And uh, one of and the, and the owner of Fiken Media, the person who started that, uh, was uh, a Fian as well. He he went to the program that I went to, and so he had he had come back to school um, kind of right around the time where I was getting ready to end my program, and we had a conversation and. Yeah, I ended up just being able to start an internship with him there. Wow. That's, yeah. that's right? awesome. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you just bump into the right person at the right time. You have the right conversation, mm -hmm. and that gets there you a you job. Go. There's a job. You just can't explain it sometimes. It's just, it's just kind of how it works. That's why it's like be patient. Don't give yeah. up because you'll never know when you run into that person. You'll never know when you'll need to prove your skills, your sets. So what would you suggest to beginner artists who want to, like, make their portfolio stick out? Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the best thing that I've seen in portfolios is unique pieces. I, I think, you know, if you're going to be a VFX artist, for instance, uh, every VFX artist has made fire before, right? So mm -hmm. the fire you make, though it might be really pretty, isn't going to necessarily stick out. The mm -hmm. things that that uh, I've got complimented on, on on my portfolio has been um, stuff that people aren't aren't normally showing. Like uh, like I did a um, uh, a matrix code rain kind of like shader that you know you could apply to the walls and floor of a of an environment, and that was you know like that was like the tipping factor in, in some of the conversations I was having about jobs I was going to get, you know, or or I did like a like an interesting cloth sim that that was really performant and didn't rely on physics in the engine, and people were like, "How did you do that?" Right? You want to you want people asking those kinds of questions because you're you're the kind of artist who can problem solve and get to a solution that is unique instead of what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. No, that's a big one because a lot of people can also follow tutorials, yep. and it seems like they know what they're doing, but when it comes down to actually making it happen, it's like. Oh, I don't know. I just follow the tutorial. And it's hard because even as we're practicing and learning, it's like you want to make all that stuff and you think if you keep doing it, it'll build this like the sense of like this visual library that you can take from. And, and it does, but you have mm -hmm. to understand that you have to also put in the work for the fundamentals so that you yeah. can then make anything that you want to feel like you rely on the tutorial. So. Yeah, that's really about concepts, right? It's like mm -hmm. if, I, if I learned to make, you know, a translucent material that was really glowy and felt like it was you know a powerful energy how can i translate that to something that is unique and maybe tweak mm -hmm. some of the stuff that i learned in that tutorial to make something that is my own right um mm -hmm. there, there's nothing wrong with learning from tutorials because we're all doing that and in fact that's why i put tutorials out in an effort mm -hmm. to give people that knowledge but my hope is that you take that and translate it into something that's cool you know build on what I already built or and all these other people have already built to make something unique that we can then go look at and take from and make cool, you know, like that's, that's the, that's the mountain we're all trying to climb is like, you did something and then I get to take from you and then I do something and you get to take from me. I love it. So what was some of the big studios you said you worked at? You said Nintendo and Spyware? Yep. Yeah. So I worked at Retro Studios, uh, here in Austin, um, and they're, they're, uh, kind of famous for uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns, which mm -hmm. is funny because that's that why I was interested funny. in taking the job because I <laughs> was like, that. man, Donkey Kong Country, huh? I would love to do that. So I so I joined their team, um, and they they also made Metroid Prime, right? Um, mm -hmm. I worked for Telltale Games. I worked on, uh, you know, Batman Season Two. I worked on Minecraft Season Two. I worked on Guardians of the Galaxy. I worked on The Walking wow. Dead. So I was all over that studio. Now, how did that feel like? Once you got those jobs. <laughs> Working in the game industry is as cool as it sounds. I think it's every day is a is a is another day you get to be creative and you get to work with, you know, really interesting IPs that um you know you grew up loving 
and knowing and playing yourself. Um, you know, getting a job at Nintendo was one of the highlights of my career. I could, I, w- I would never have thought in a, in a million years that I was going to work for Nintendo at any point in my life, mm. you know, playing Donkey Kong Country in the past. I'm making the games I played when I was younger. That's so weird. It's yeah, wild, right? man. Yeah. It's really secular and really just, you know, like it just shows that hard work and dedication and being really focused on your craft can really, can really, you know, bring you to your goals. So that's nice. I, I, that's, I need people to hear that more. It's, so now how long did it take to get you to Nintendo from like, let's say when you started college the year to mm-hmm. getting that job at Nintendo? How long was that? How many years? Uh, I started college in 20, uh, 2007 and I started at retro studios in 2000 and 2014. So, so about seven, seven years. Yeah. About yeah. Seven years. So look at that. See, seven years. But then mm-hmm. you did it, you made it, and it was just as cool as you imagined. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny about um, that time between those two? Lots of kind of ebbs and flows in, in my career and in, and in uh, the game industry as a whole. Like, I started in mobile and learned how to make, you know, really performant uh, art and then got hired at another place who wanted to start a mobile division. Did that for a little bit. They decided they weren't going to do mobile anymore. They wanted me to work on the PC title. So that's mm-hmm. a new platform in a new engine, you know, making art in this new and interesting way for a new audience. Mm-hmm. That studio, you know, employs me for about a year and a half, fires everybody. Let You know, big, <laughs> huge layoff. How did you like, deal with that? That that was tough. It was the first mm-hmm. layoff I've ever gone through. And in fact, um, I like to tell people about that because it, it prepares them for the possibility right that 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 could happen it's in our industry studios rise and fall all the time and um you you can't even imagine the number of people i've known who were in game development who got out because of that mm-hmm. and so it it really takes some courage and i think some um some faith in your ability and your skill set to do this job to continue working in this industry knowing that that might be a possibility sometime down the road mm-hmm. uh, and it's not even the only layoff that i've i've been through but um, we'll get to those in the future. A- at this moment, you know, worked in worked in mobile, worked in PC, laid off after about a year and a half of time, and I was mm-hmm. worried. I was like, you know, I'm in Michigan, I'm on my couch, I'm like, God, I'm, it's going to be probably like a whole another year until I get another job. But what I didn't realize was that I was working hard that whole time, building up, uh, you know, a resume and portfolio pieces, and I threw some stuff together on a video and just sent it out there. And I got calls back from Retro Studios, from uh, Vicarious Visions, the guys who made Spyro the Dragon. I, you know, wow. like people were coming back and That's saying, insane. "Hey, would you like to work for us?" So, you know, there's, there's, there's merit even when you're you're just you know making stuff, making content, and thinking like, "I'm not sure how this all goes together or how it's going to get me to the job that I really want in the future." It's helping. That's wonderful to hear. It gives it's going to give a lot of people hope. Because yeah. that's right about the layoffs. Nobody really talks about it that much. It's like, yeah, I don't give up to this. But it's like there are moments in the industry where you will deal with hard times. Yeah. But like, for instance, when you did get laid off, how did you handle that? Did you have like savings? Did you have like a way to deal with it? Did you have friends and family to fall on? Like, how did you get through all that? Um, you know, I, I, I'm really money conscious. Some people mm-hmm. might say cheap, <laughs> but hey, what, I try to I try to save, you know, mm-hmm. I try to I try to put some stuff away for a rainy day. And, um, and yeah, when I, when I got laid off, um, you know, that, by the way, that studio, uh, is no longer in the industry. It, it, it died when it laid us all off. No more games came out of that. Yep. It was gone. So, um, that's how studios rise and fall. Mm. Um, but how I handled that was I took that as motivation to get the next job you know, I, like I said, I put together um, my resume and, and my demo reel. I relied on some savings I had. You know, I, I made sure that I was I was still committed to this industry. I had conversations with people I cared about and really tried to to impart to them what I was looking for. And, you know, every every conversation still went back to you love games. You love making art. You should continue in this industry doing this thing that you love. You're talented and, and you have to you have to. Um, lean on that, on that, that knowledge that you can do this to get you to the next job. 
What mistakes did you make and how did you learn from them to do better in the industry? Uh, so, so game development's kind of like, um, you know, lear- learning curve is pretty high, right? You, you, you only, you only learn that you're making a mistake when you made it and then, and then you course correct after the fact. So, <clears throat> you know, I learned general things like, you know, how to, how to make uh, my work more performant, how to improve on the quality of my work, um, you know, how to not break, break the game when I'm, yeah. I'm checking things in, you know, um, and, and you only learn that you can break the game once you've checked something in that breaks the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I learned that uh, relationships with um, other departments, designers, programmers, uh, is really pivotal to the work. You can't do it by yourself, um, mm-hmm. which is a mistake I think that people, people make coming out uh, of uh, you know school, they're like, yeah, I'll just I'll just make an entire game by myself, and and yeah, really don't do that. <laughs> no, game uh, development is it's a, a team small sport. game, maybe, but not. Don't make yeah. WoW essentially by yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's a team sport. It really is. I think I think you have to you have to learn. The mistake there is is not trusting uh, your teammates to really have an expertise that that you don't have yet, and, and relying on them to do their part of, of the job so that you guys can make a really great product. Um, and I think, I think part of, um, some of those mistakes is just, is just knowing you're going to get better later too, right? Like, um, you might, you might make something in Unreal Engine that looks really cool, but there's just no way that that would work in a game development environment. So you remake it again and you, you, you make that the goal. I'm going to make this so that it could, it could be used in, in a game along with all the other things that are going on that are also, you know, taking care, taking some of the performance away. Um, or you learn like, you know, when I, when I make this asset, if I'm quick enough, I can have a back and forth conversation with design so that it's, it, it works in their design instead of making something really cool and then having to cut it down a bunch to yeah. work in the game. Right. I was going to ask, so is like learning, visual effects outside of working in a studio totally different from the actual work you have to do in the studio because of those moments where you might have to cut corners i i would say there are certainly differences right like mm-hmm. i like i like creating vfx in unreal engine um as as less of a, a game development exercise and more of like an art piece mm-hmm. so um unreal engine is kind of my canvas of sorts um and then in a game development situation, you know, there are a, bu- a bunch of other moving parts happening, uh, including production, right? Like, um, it, it, you, might not, you might be working on something that nobody's going to get to until two weeks from then, right? So there's, there's not this sort of clear line to an end goal, right? It's more like um, you're, you're, no one's working in a vacuum. You're all working on stuff at different times. And maybe you make this, this V effect that two weeks later then gets implemented into a design that you then come back and have a conversation about after. So um, the difference there is that uh, working with other people sort of changes the the timelines and and you know again the performance constraints. Um, it, it also puts you in a time box too, right? Like mm-hmm. game dev is like a series of tasks over you know like doing a bunch of different things, whereas me just working on my computer. No one's gonna crack the whip and say you gotta you gotta you know do something else at this point, um, which which is another kind of probably mistake that should be should be mentioned. Sometimes you think that you have forever to do something, especially yeah. in game dev, and you have a list of tasks to do all the time, and so you have to really be cognizant of what you're making at what time, and 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 be working on the thing that's most important, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally in game development, there are priorities to the tasks, so. This thing is more important than this thing, so you should be working on this first. Mm. And then, you know, game development sprint based, so you might have two weeks to work on that thing, and so you you start to gauge your time better and understand how much you can do in an amount of time, um, and that's helpful for kind of future development uh, as well. Yeah, so that was that was great what you said about the the workflows and time management. And do you ever get overwhelmed yeah. and you have to like rush or like crunch, or you just tell somebody, hey, like I'm I'm behind. No, a lot actually, um, and and that that part is also kind of part of the uh, the team aspect. I, I think communication is huge in game development. I think uh, the people who who take care of production, you have to have some trust in them that 
um, you can go to them and say, hey, we're not going to get this done this sprint. We got to push that to the next sprint. And, uh, and, and you guys talk about uh, what's most important and what, what needs to get done. But absolutely, absolutely, I get overwhelmed. Sometimes, you know, you're rushing towards, a, you know, like a first playable or a deadline um, for something. And uh, you just you're just running out of time and you have to decide what's most important and, and make sure that gets in. When you got laid off, right, did you think it was like the worst thing that could ever happen to you? Uh, I, I certainly was unprepared. Um, okay. I had I had uh, I had a lot of other friends who were working at that studio um, who, you know, were devastated. Um, I, I have a strange mentality about hardships that like they're they're the sort of impetus for me to it's it's like the challenge for me to overcome um and so i got to work um saying i'm gonna get a better job you know the next time around instead of um sort of wallowing in in, in what this industry could be i was like i'm gonna get back in there um mm -hmm. and yeah you know I, I obviously took some time to to you know, care for my mental state and, and say like, you know, this is, this is a tough, this is a tough go. But yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a deterrent for me. You know, it was a motivator. Mm. No, I was, uh, was going to say, because usually when we think it's like the worst thing ever, we should always ask ourselves, how do we know this isn't actually the greatest thing that could ever happen for us? Because if you didn't get that like fired from the job, you wouldn't have started putting your applications out. You wouldn't have gotten that job from Nintendo. Exactly. It's just you—you you never know. How do I like not know this isn't the greatest thing for him? So. Yeah. Exactly. Um. I I was gonna say that you know. The the road to where I am now is littered with sort of interesting um. Uh, stops that all kind of led to to where I'm supposed to be at the moment. And uh, part of that is is um, chance, but part of it is me making some good decisions too. Um, like, like for instance, w working at Retro Studios w was the product of hard work that I, I had done the years before, but it, it was a chance that they they took on me to 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 work at that studio. And then when I decided I wanted to leave there, I was really interested in narrative driven games, and I and I loved. Uh, the Walking Dead series from Telltale, and I was like, "Man, I really want to work there." And so I made the decision to go there. And when I got there, I was I was challenged to learn a new art style in their sort of comic book outline shader type mm. style. I learned material shaders. I learned Houdini. I learned you know to work in a larger group of VFX artists. And um, at, at one point, Telltale Games had a major layoff too. If if people oh, follow no. the industry, yeah, they I had a huge that. layoff. Yeah, and so. Um, I didn't get caught in the crossfire of that, but but most of the people that I that I knew and cared about at that studio were gone, and so I had to to learn uh, to to be like a lead VFX artist, a, a senior VFX artist, really quick, and do the work that some of the senior VFX artists were working on um, at that time, and that helped me grow too, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then I, I I ended up working at Volition, uh, which was was making more like realistic VFX, and all my work in Houdini helped me learn to do that, right? So it's all this sort of, the, the path is, is being carved for me, uh, both by, by fate, right? By, by studios going under and people hiring me, but also by my ability to sort of continue to learn as I, as I went, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's crazy. You became like, what, just a regular uh, visual effects artist to just senior? And you were just like, I have yeah. to do it now. Pretty, pretty quick, of, yep. Yeah. That's how you learn, though. That's honestly, if you get pushed to the brink, it's and you get to really show the world who you are. And, yeah, yeah. I had a, a CEO um, a while ago. He he explained to me. I said I said, why are we rushing to finish this thing? You know, like why are you why are you putting so much pressure on us to you know to to meet this this deadline that you set yourself? And he was like, you know, I find that people when they're pushed to the edge of a cliff, will will either fight and push back or, or fall. And uh, the best work gets done when they start pushing back. And I was like, that's wild. <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't know if that's the best way to motivate people, but <laughs> it certainly worked at the time. It's it's interesting. I think it's the best way to grow your team, but not lead your team. It's like dichotomy. It's like, okay, I get what you're saying, but overall that's going to destroy the morale of your team exactly. in the long run. Yeah. So that's, that's another question for another day. But uh, <laughs> how did you get started with Unreal in college, after college, on your own? Like, How did you get started with Unreal? Yeah, I'm, I'm self-taught. Uh, all, the, all the jobs that we've discussed thus far uh uh Fiken Media was in was in Unity. Mm-hmm. Uh S2 Games was a proprietary engine, Retro Studios proprietary engine, Telltale Games proprietary engine. So w- w- we've talked about my career up to about 2017 and mm-hmm. I and I never used Unreal. Uh wow. throughout, okay. throughout that entire time, you know, I was picking up here and there some little tidbits about Unreal and and maybe trying some stuff at home, but like didn't didn't dive deep into it. Didn't really have any any reason to because I was using proprietary engines everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. And then when I when I went to Volition, which was which is not very long ago actually, with 2018 I think it, it was when I worked there. Um, they had an their entire VFX system was uh, material driven. So um, uh, I kind of liken their system to Unreal Engine a little bit. And so it only helped me to play around in Unreal Engine more than I was in the past to understand what I was doing at work. And that's when I kind of like fell in love and, and d- dived deep and started using it to create my own little you know, games and projects for myself. And that helped enhance the work I was doing at, at, at work. That's inc- it's insane though. That's, you only touched it for the last, what, three years? Three years-ish? And yep. so now you make tutorials, right, in Unreal? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, I do. I do uh, Tutorials, trying to show uh, you know materials and VFX and and how people can kind of get started, um, and then try to make myself available to to answer questions. So, now are most of the tutorials in Unreal or is it Blender too? What's uh, mostly Unreal. I, I utilize, I tr- or at least my attempt is to utilize programs that are are free so that mm-hmm. people can follow along without spending spending a cent. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah. So when did you feel confident? to make Unreal tutorials? How long were you messing around with the engine to feel like I can teach this? Uh, I mean, I, I guess fairly recently is when I wanted to make tutorials. Um, I, I had a level of confidence of, uh, kind of kind of around the time where I was leaving Volition. Um, I, had, I had spent a year uh, you know, working in material systems and, and creating um, you know, a workflow that, that um, Made really interesting and unique VFX, um, and I and I knew that that work could translate to Unreal Engine. And so, kind of when I left there, I was like, you know, I'd love to start showing people stuff. I I was pursuing opportunities where I would get the the, the chance to mentor younger VFX artists, um, and, and you know, and, and be a lead on teams and and help uh, sort of facilitate uh, you know creative creative direction and stuff uh, for mm-hmm. VFX. And so, uh, kind of along with joining Bioware and being a lead there, I was like, you know, I, I want to continue to try to do this mentorship, even though, um, you know, I only have a couple of people I'm working with uh, underneath me at Bioware. Um, I'd love to do this more maybe for the general public. And so that's kind of when I started that that path. Yeah. That's incredible. For the tutorials, how how good has that been? Has, has it been like very successful for you or? Yeah, the, res- the response has been great. Um, okay. You know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not social media famous or anything yet, but uh, <laughs> one day, yeah, patience. maybe hopefully, yeah. maybe hopefully. But I'm but I'm 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 also more interested in really having people understand the process and enjoy effects the way that I do. Um, I'm trying not to make it challenging. You know, like I make super complicated stuff professionally and, and personally. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I I like the 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 really technical things, but my intention isn't to to wow anybody with the tutorials. It's more to sort of show how you could do what I'm doing with just a little bit of knowledge and some and some uh, mm-hmm. some know-how, right? Some attempt. So. so is there any specific way you do tutorials so that like it sticks or that they can like leave the uh, video like with the actual skills to do it? Yeah, I uh, so <clears throat> I kind of start every video explaining uh, what we're going to do uh, the entire process all the way through. Um, so, so really, the the process there is like I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you a concept. 
Uh, I'm going to show you how that concept is created. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you application for that concept. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about what we're going to do with that concept in the next video. Mm -hmm. um, and so my attempt is to make it short and painless. And uh, that's the best way. Yeah. Because yeah, some stories can get super long and super complicated. Yeah, I think I think if people have to sit down for an hour, it's it's tough. It's tough to 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 keep their focus for that long. Um, and I know we like to say that that's like a kid thing, like oh you can't you can only concentrate for fifteen minutes. But you know people are busy, and you know where we are in the world, you you might have a nine to five, and maybe you only have the fifteen minutes at the end of the day. And my hope is that I I can reach you too. So mm -hmm. I love that. So it says you worked at two K, right? Yep, yep. That's where I work now. Yep. Well, yes, we work now. Awesome. So how what is that like? Is it do you love it there? Uh, for, first I will say because of lots of NDAs, all the, the things that we're going to talk about here in a second are all my own opinion and, um, you know, not the opinion of 2K. Uh, I, I think 2K is great, by the way. Uh, I think it's awesome. The team I work on or work with is, uh, really talented, fun group mm -hmm. of people. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the experience. Awesome. Yeah. So the... For anybody who like wants to be a visual effects artist, mm -hmm. you can use 2K as an example, and other places as an example. But how yeah. would they prepare for the interview process at a uh, studio like 2K? Um, I think particularly uh, when it comes to VFX, there's there's a couple of things that are really um, important to being a great VFX artist. Uh, one of those things is kind of understanding uh, animation principles, which my my past as an animator has helped me be a VFX artist. Mm -hmm. um, Isn't that crazy? Think, yeah, yeah, right. It all, it all has bled together um, in a way that's created this knowledge base that I have to do this to do this job. Um, it, so timing and anticipation are huge. And every every company, even even myself, when I worked at Bioware and I was looking at resumes for people who wanted to join the team, you know, I was looking for timing and anticipation and an understanding of of um, you know, simple animation principles. Uh, you know, the look and feel of movement that that uh, makes things uh, the material you're trying to create. So how smoke moves and how fire moves. Um, those things are really important, and that's what people are looking for uh, uh, in general. The other thing is uh, technical skills. So you don't necessarily have to know everything because mm. nobody does, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, I call myself an ever student of this of this craft because every day I learn something new. Um, but you have to have the mindset that you can learn it uh, and be open to the idea of learning something new every day. Um, so sometimes, you know, I would see resumes or uh, demo reels that have um, the start of something really cool. And, um, you know, if we got to the interview process, I would ask about that thing and say, how, you know, what else would you do if you, if you uh, had more time to work on this thing, right? Because my hope is that they have ideas on on how to continue to work <clears throat> to to create something really um, impactful, right? So just ingenuity, uh, a drive to be technical and to to make things that are very um, technically challenging, I think, really helps in VFX and in game development uh, as a whole. Um, and then. People skills. I think I think you need to be the per, the kind of person who's open to feedback, who's willing to grow, um, and, and those things I think come with time and being able to understand that like we are all trying to make something awesome together, and what you're making isn't more important than what we're all making together. Mm. Wow, you said a lot of great stuff in that. <laughs> I love the one about the whole mindset. You have to be ready to learn something. Or yeah. at least know that you can. It's the belief. Mm -hmm. The belief it can go a long way. You can yeah. go from like I don't know if I can to there's a possibility. You'd be surprised what that can do for you. When I when I started learning VFX, I was I was terrible at it. And it, and in fact, um, ho hopefully if if any of my uh, old S two uh, mates are listening to this, they're gonna remember this. I used to say openly in the office, I have no idea what I'm doing. They, <laughs> They asked me to make VFX. You know, I was an animator, and they, they one day they came to me and they said, hey, we don't have anyone to make visual effects. We need someone to, and we don't want to pay anybody else to do it. So could you, could, you tr could you try to make VFX? And I was like, sure, I'll give it a try. And I was terrible. I was, 
I was really, really bad at it, at it and I, I understood none of it. And uh, yeah, I'm self-taught, right? So it's it's been 10 years, and I would like to say that I'm pretty good at it now, but that that was me being openly honest about where I was in the process as I was learning. I don't know anything, but I want to, and I think that's really important. That's beautiful. That, <laughs> that, that inspires me because it's like you – you just look at people like, for instance, you or anybody else in the industry and be like, oh, they just, they got it together. They figured it out. They were probably good when they started. But it's like, mm, they just like I am or anybody else be like, I don't know what I'm doing. But you keep going. You keep learning. You keep trying. Yeah. Now, if you ever get stuck, how do you how do you handle that? How do you get out of a rut where you're just like, nothing's working. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's, that's common in, in visual effects. Some days... Some days you work on something all day and it and it's nothing at the end of the day and you just have to kind of like take that and come in the next day and and try to try to do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I ruts that I get in, I get out of them by uh, looking at inspirational material. So other other uh, visual effects artists work, uh, video games that I'm really inspired by. I re- I watch a lot of anime. I, I like. Oh really? Yeah yeah yeah. I just really like. Um, the 2D animation that's there, and and I think there's lots of great timing and anticipation that happens, you know, in, in lots of anime that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, when those ruts happen, because they happen to everybody, um, I, I think two things help. One is uh, going to find some inf- inspiration, um, which is any of the things that I just mentioned. And the other thing is maybe potentially you need to take a break and and work on something else. And maybe the other thing you're working on will help inform the thing that you got stuck on Mm. um niagara is a new uh which i guess i'm dating this podcast now but niagara is a like a new uh like addition to the unreal engine software okay and every vfx artist that i know on the internet right now there's forums and stuff all over the place is is trying to learn this tool um and it's buggy and there's you know there's lots of issues with it but no one no one understands it after you know, years of Unreal Engine 4 being out, they added something new that none of us know about. And so all over forums and the internet, people are learning on the fly and sharing what they're learning and trying to like invest in us all learning this tool together. <clears throat> and sometimes you get stuck, right? And, and then you there's go, no oh, answer, yeah. There's no answer because it's, it's not a thing where there's a book that's written about it yet. No, not yet. Yeah, so, so your hope that's is... That's wild when it's like everybody comes learn. together. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think... Uh, there's not enough stories like that in the industry where we're mm. you know we're we're all trying to learn this thing at the same time and no one's an expert yet. No, even if you think you're an expert, this with all the technology and the AR VR future of what game's going to be PS5 X, all just there's never there's always something to learn. It's never yeah. an end to this. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is awesome. It's why it's it's fun. It's creative. It's amazing. Honestly, I think it's one of the best industries because it's always innovating. You always have to think of new things. Always got to be on top of your toes. Like. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those people whose minds really tick, right? I'm like, man, I I, I want to solve this problem. I want to do that. I want to do this thing. And and game development is uh is a gateway to several problems to solve and several new things to learn. And I think um my my brain works perfectly for it. Mm. Yeah. I did notice that some people are just better and I guess equipped handle some things but i still think anybody can learn if they get the time and patience oh yeah 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 i totally agree i i, I don't think t- talent talent is is awesome right like i guess if if someone asked me directly do you think you're a great artist i would say i would say no i think i am the kind of person who strives to be a really good artist and mm. does does the work to be a, to be a really good artist naturally there are there are people out there who could probably you know paint circles around me but you know i put in the time to to be as good as i am that's all that matters yeah now that was that was an amazing way to uh inspire and finish it off but i have one thing left which is the challenge for game tv sure um my challenge to the game dev uh tv community is reach out to another uh, game developer, be it someone working in the industry or maybe someone who's trying to get into the industry, mm-hmm. and, and tell them that they matter. Tell them that their work is good and that they can make it. Um, you know, and and be an ally to people who who want to join this industry, especially uh, women, people of color, who 
who struggle in our industry to get in. You you need you need to be an ally and be the kind of person who who is interested in in helping new voices change our industry. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And in fact, actually, um, I'm going to hand the mic to you in a second to end it off and shout out inspiration. But if you want, you could talk more about the whole giving everybody a chance to make it an industry and, and giving all people opportunities. So I want to say thank you for coming on. That this was this was very informative, amazing, inspirational. Um, oh, thank uh, you, man. Thank you. Shout out to your mom for being the best and making you very <laughs> like, to uh, ponder and grow that curiosity and uh, problem solving brain. And just just thank you so much. And I am uh, I'm gonna hand the mic to you to end it off. And uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Um, I, the only thing I'll say is, uh, yeah, game development is a great space. Um, it's been a male dominated a white male dominated space for several years and uh the more women and people of color and and interest you know trans people interesting unique people we get into this industry that have a a, a different voice and a different mindset for for the kind of experiences we can bring to people the better game development's going to be for it and i strongly believe that so so again be an ally and reach out to other people who are trying to get into this industry uh because their voices should be heard too um and uh you know if you guys are interested uh follow me on uh social media at let's make effects on instagram twitter uh youtube um and feel free to reach out to me connect with me um again i'm a student just like you so i'm, I'm happy to learn from you and if you guys can learn anything from me that would be awesome well that's it thanks for listening you can find all gamedev.tv courses at courses.gamedev.tv courses or in the show notes with a 10 percent discount Get started with your game development journey today.